So I have a special message for you this morning out of Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 6, page 1133, if you're using the Bible under the seat in front of you. Matthew chapter 18, Lord, I ask your blessing upon this time in your word. I pray that you would just reveal such beautiful truths to us. Give us understanding. Lord, make your word understandable, plain. And give our hearts that desire to follow you and serve you in whatever you show us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, since we are putting a spotlight on our children's ministry this morning, I thought it would be appropriate to see what Jesus said regarding children. So look what we read in Matthew 18, beginning in verse 1. It says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So the disciples ask an important question of Jesus. It's an interesting question. Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who's top drawer in your kingdom? Who's the highest? Who's the best? The Greek word for great here is megas. Who's megas in your kingdom? Who are the superstars in your kingdom? And of course, we know that the disciples at this point in the Gospels completely misunderstood why Jesus came the first time. Jesus came the first time to give his life away to die on the cross for the sins of the world. That was the purpose of his first coming. The disciples, along with everyone else in Judaism at that time, was expecting a political Messiah, a military Messiah. They were expecting Jesus to wipe out the Roman Empire, to reestablish the kingdom of Israel in Jerusalem. That's what they were expecting. And so the disciples were wondering about who gets to fill the cabinet you know, positions in that kingdom. Who gets to sit at the right hand? Who gets to sit at the left hand? Who gets to be VP? Who gets to be chief of state? That's what they're thinking when they ask this question. In fact, the Gospels show us several times that the disciples were obsessed with these positions of greatness. They argued about it with one another. They were competing with one another to get these top positions. 
James and John even had their own mother go to Jesus to request that her beloved little baby boys would get the right hand and the left hand. And so that's what they're thinking when they ask this question. How do we get those prestigious, high-ranking positions in your kingdom? They're thinking in terms of position, authority, prestige. They're thinking of greatness in terms of the way the world defines greatness. These great spots, these great positions. How utterly shocked they must have been by the way Jesus answered this question. Who are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? In verse 2 says, Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them. You want to know what greatness is? Jesus said, let me give you a picture of greatness. And he brought in a little child. Now, this is a little boy. We're talking toddler, two to five years old. I picture Jesus and the disciples sort of sitting in the boardroom. Who's the greatest in the kingdom? What do we have to do? And Jesus brings in a little toddler. That's my little Dylan. When he was about three or four, he's not here at this service, but next service he's going to be so embarrassed. I can't wait. Jesus brings a little toddler like that into the boardroom. Here is greatness. This is greatness in my kingdom. Jesus says regarding children, we can learn from them what true greatness is. Jesus is not suggesting that we are to be childish and immature. He's not suggesting that we should remain childish. We're we're supposed to grow and mature in every aspect of life, become mature, productive, responsible adults. We're never commanded to stay as spiritual babes in Christ. We're all commanded to grow. So Jesus is not saying that greatest are the childish. No, he says, the greatest in my kingdom are childlike. They're humble, like children. In fact, Jesus says, verse 4, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest. If you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, then you have to humble yourself like a little child. You know, little children, little toddlers, they're so humble. They really are. They just have such a pure, innocent humility about them. They're humble in position. Toddlers aren't put in charge of anything, are they? They, They're not caught up in what position that they might have. They're just there. No matter what position you might find yourself as a grown-up, whether it be as a pastor or an elder or a deacon or a missionary or maybe the CEO of a business or you're in a high position, 
don't be so proud of that. Think about how it taught. Just be humble. Toddlers are humble when it comes to uh, social recognition and acceptance. Toddlers don't really care a lot about what other people think. Have you ever watched a toddler eat a plate of spaghetti? They get more on their face and in their hair than they do on their mouth. And a toddler would be content to just go right out into life just like that. And, of course, mom and dad, we wash their face off. But, you know, don't live your life being obsessed with what other people think about you. Trying to impress others. Life isn't about that. Greatness in God's kingdom is not how many people are impressed by you. It's not. Little children are humble in their honesty, their transparency. If you want to know what a little toddler's thinking, just ask. Right? They can say the most incredible things that won't. And, 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 and true greatness in God's kingdom is being real, transparent, honest, open, vulnerable. Little children are completely humble in their dependence upon mom and dad. They're just so secure with mom and dad. They just depend upon mom and dad. They have this faith in mom and dad. This uh, Christian mother tells this story. She says, one evening while putting my daughter Carla to bed, I asked her what it was like to be four years old. And Carla said, it's special. And mom said, why is it special? And Carla said, it's special because I know my mommy loves me. Just a, a love a childlike faith and dependence upon mommy and daddy. That's greatness. You know what greatness is for us as Christians, adults? A childlike trust and faith in our Heavenly Father. Just trusting Him. I also notice in little children that they, they naturally believe in God. You know, we're, we're created... In the image of God, we're all created. We know there's a God, and little kids know that. And they see God in so many different ways, and it's so beautiful. Recently, third and fourth graders at Wheaton Christian Grammar School were asked to complete the following sentence. By faith, I know that God is. And so Amanda says, by faith, I know that God is forgiving because he forgave in the Bible And he forgave me when I went in the road on my bike without one of my parents. Little Brandon says, by faith I know that God is providing full. (laughs) Because he dropped manna for Moses and the people and he gave my dad a job. Brandon says, by faith I know that God is caring. Because he made the blind man see And he made me catch a very fast line drive that could have hurt me. (laughs) Probably sent an angel down. Then another little girl says, By faith, 
I know that God is faithful because the school bill came and my mom didn't know how we were going to pay. Two minutes later, my dad called and he got a bonus check. My mom was in tears. Little children, seeing God move, living life in dependency upon God. See, listen, greatness in the kingdom of God is abandoning all those ungodly motivations for personal greatness and personal reliance. That's not greatness. And getting personal attention. Greatness is being like a little child. Living to serve God, trusting in God, depending upon God, seeking to give God all the glory in and through your life. That's greatness. So Jesus said, regarding little children, learn from them. And that's why it would be really wise for all of us to stay connected to little children. Keep little children in your life. Those of you parents with small children, you've already got them in your life. And there's so much that you can learn from them. Grandma, grandpa, stay connected to your grandchildren. Stay connected to all the little children in the lives of your friends and your neighbors. And church, please, listen. Stay connected to all the little children here. You can learn from them. You know, I've found that a lot of times when I go and minister to somebody in some way, I end up getting ministered to. Like, we'll go visit people in the hospital and those that are sick. And a lot of times I go into a hospital room and I'll, I'll pray for someone who's sick. And, and then they'll end up turning around and saying things that bless me. And I walk out of there and go, man, I'm glad I went. They really ministered to me. Same thing with children, I found. When you minister to children, God will minister to you. You will see amazing things. So stay close to them. Now notice what else Jesus says about children. Look at verse 5. He says, whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Regarding little children, Jesus says they are to be received. Jesus would command his people, receive little children in my name. That's a command. This Greek word for receive, it's an interesting one. It's dekomai, and it's oftentimes used in the Bible to speak of being hospitable, of welcoming people into your home, providing a safe, enjoyable, bountiful environment for them. So think about when you invite someone over to your house for a meal. Maybe it's someone real special. And think how you prep. Make sure the backyard's all done. Everything's tidy. You get all the, the food that you need. I mean, you want to bless your guests. That's this word, decomai. And Jesus commands us to welcome little children warmly into our lives, into our homes, 
into our churches. To provide children with a safe, healthy, enjoyable, bountiful environment where they will be blessed. We are to give a lot of attention to little children. Little children are not a nuisance. They're not to be annoying. Jesus loved little children. They were not nuisances to him. In fact, just one chapter later, in Matthew chapter 19, we read, little children were brought to Jesus that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. Oh, they can't bother the teacher with little children. And Jesus reacted strongly. He said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them. Jesus was never interrupted by little children. Jesus always had time for little children. And so he says, warmly receive children. Receive children in my name, he says. And if you receive a little child in my name in the right way, it's just like you've received me. Think of that. Think of that. This verse, verse 5, this could be the verse that is the vision verse for our children's ministry. This is what we want. This is what our children's ministry is all about. To provide a warm, welcoming, fruitful environment for children. To provide a safe one, to provide one where children can learn about Jesus in a way that they can understand on their level. Please understand, children's ministry at Calvary Chapel is not child care. It's not. We don't want it to be. Children's ministry is children. It's ministry. You heard from some of our leaders. We desire to lead little children to Christ. To disciple them in their walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So our children's ministry is designed... Around that. So I want to share your heart about something here at this church. We do have a policy where we ask that all children, fourth grade and under, participate in our children's ministry at Sunday morning worship services and Wednesday. And we even have classes that we have available up to fifth grade. Now we want that because we're trying to give children the best possible exposure to Jesus. We're trying to minister to Jesus or to the children on their level. And so we're using creative ways to do it. We use the puppets, uh, dramas, the activities, the crafts, all of these things, and, and very creative men and women that God is using to connect with children and teach them wonderful things. It's all done to make them feel welcomed and blessed and to give them an opportunity. Little children in this environment, it's not good for them. They'll be bored. You know, I try to be an exciting teacher. I do. I try to communicate. But some children, they're just not mature enough. And you should know this service right here has been planned for adults. 
And you should also know that sometimes this service is PG-13. Because we go through things in the Bible that can be very, very uh, controversial. And maybe not even age appropriate for some of the kids. So what we've done is we've tried to design this environment for adults and that environment for children. And so I would ask that you would cooperate with us on that. And maybe, maybe you thought, well, I think all the kids need to be in here as well. Well, be a part of what's going on over there and see what happens. I grew up in church. I've been to a lot of church services. I'm military, I think I told you a couple of weeks. Not me, myself. My dad was military. We moved all over the place. And we went to different churches all of the time. I have memories of churches. You know what my favorite churches were growing up as a toddler up? The ones that had children's ministry. You know what churches were the most boring for me growing up? The ones where I had to sit in here with the adults and listen to the lecture? And I remembered that growing up. And at this church, I don't ever want a child to think of church as boring. Never. I want children to think of church as that's exciting. And so that's why we've done that. That's why we've dead. That's how we're receiving children. That's why we're doing it that way. Now, with that said, a church with a good children's ministry, it, it's important, but it can never, ever replace mom and dad. Please understand that. Children's ministry at a church or even a children's school, a Christian school, is only supplemental. Mom and dad, you have to be number one in training up your kids in the way of the Lord. So don't leave that to someone else. We work together in bringing up children. I got a great testimony a a few weeks ago, a family here, they've been here many years, and they have two little ones who've been a part of our children's ministry. And they, they actually read the Bible together as a family every night before bed, which is so cool. But one night, the little one said to mom and dad, you know, it's great reading the Bible with you, dad, but uh, at children's ministry, I also learned this morning that we're supposed to read the Bible for ourselves. And so I also need to learn how to read the Bible myself. And I thought that was so cool. And so they began to teach their little one how to read the Bible for themselves. Still reading as a family. But you see, you got mom and dad. You got the church. You got people working in tandem. So beautiful. Regarding children, Jesus said, learn from them. Jesus also said, receive them. And then he also said, protect them. Look at verse 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Jesus is warning us. He's warning you, parent. He's warning this church. We live in a dangerous world. 
We live in a world that targets little children. There are extremely wicked and perverse forces in society at work who seek to destroy your little baby, your children. I think of some of the things that uh, little children are having to deal with. You know, that so many children grow up in such tough places. Tough family environments. Maybe situations of abuse. At our children's ministry, we're always thinking, man, let's bless this child. Who knows what they're experiencing at home? And then I think of what's going on in the education and all of the things that are happening in this country in public school. You know, your little kids are being taught that they came from monkeys and slime. Evolution is taught as, you know, fact. No, it's not. Your little one was created in the image of God. And it's very special. But there would be evil forces that would seek to turn your little child from that truth. And then, I mean, you've read it in the news. I can't even believe it. All of this gender identity, sexual perversion, reaching the lowest levels of age, even in the elementary school, trying to confuse little kids about their gender. The world perverting children sexually. Man, there's a devil. There's an evil force. Woe, Jesus said to anybody who does that. Jesus said it would be better for you to have a 100-pound rock hung about your neck, thrown into the ocean than to experience the judgment that awaits you at the hands of Almighty God. Look out. People who teach that stuff and lead kids astray, look out. But Christian parent, Christian mom and dad, Christian church, we're going to protect our kids. We're going to protect that kid. We're going to watch out for that kid. Those little toddlers are precious. They are gifts from God. Don't you dare let somebody destroy them. Learn from them. Please listen, all of you, listen. Receive them. Do something to receive little children. And to protect them. Don't ever get too old for it. You know what? Little children keep you young, don't you? They exhaust you, no doubt, but they also keep you young. They do. You learn so much. Life is better. Life is better. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I do believe that the children's ministry is the most important ministry at the church, and here's why. If you can get to kids early, think how much misery you save them. I'm telling you, folks, children's ministry is the best low-hanging fruit 
where you get to pour truth into the life of a little child. And they can become Christians at early ages and blossom and grow and be spared of so many bad decisions. I've always loved what D.L. Moody said. It's a story of one Sunday when he went and he preached an evangelistic sermon at a, at a church. And he got back home and Mrs. Moody asked, how did it go? And Mr. Moody said, excellent. Five and a half people were saved. Awesome, she said. Five adults, one children. And he said, no, five children, one adult. Because <laughs> those five children have their whole life, their whole life ahead of them. Brother, sister, would you invest into that? You think that might be something that's important? Oh. Lord, I pray that you would protect our children, our precious babies, as toddlers, as infants, as teenagers, college students. Lord, I pray that you would search the hearts of your people right here. Lord, keep us connected. Keep us investing in the little ones. I pray that you'd raise up more dedicated volunteers, people who feel called to this, to serve in that children's ministry. Lord, I pray for all of us that we would, as your people, that we would never lose that, that sense of humility and that sense of wonder in knowing you, that we would live with a childlike faith dependent upon you, trusting you. You know, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, Jesus does say in verse 3 of our text this morning, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom. The way you enter the kingdom of heaven is to humble yourself like a little child. Admit that you need God. We all need him. The Bible teaches that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And our sin separates us from our perfect holy God. And yet God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you and rise again that third day. The Bible says if you put your faith and trust in him, you'll become a child in the family of God, a precious child in his family. But you've got to humble yourself like one. Have you done that? Has there ever been a time in your life where you told God, I need you? Wash away all my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. If not, do it right now. Do it right now.
just in the quietness of your heart in her prayer, say, Lord Jesus, I humble myself right now. I bow before you. I admit my desperate need for you. Oh, how I need you. Save me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Be my Lord and my Savior. Here's my life, Lord. Take it. Use it for your glory. Do what you will with my life. Be my Lord and my Savior from this day forward. Amen. Let's stand. We want to close with this song.